Hi, Merlin. Hi, Dan. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> uh, it's been a, been a weird morning. Yeah, weird how? Well, you know, uh, you know, it's been, um, it's mostly been a good morning. I got a lot accomplished. I prepared for the program. But uh, I realized around 9.15 this morning that I drank three kombuchas yesterday. Three? Is that more than usual? Ask me how I realized it. How did you realize it? You don't want to know. <laughs> Does it have a digestive effect? Oh, it's a living beverage. Rejoice. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. It's got a lot of probiotics. And, uh, oh, hey, how's it going there, buddy? Uh, got to get rid of some of these bottles. So so what was the most you've ever had? Have you ever pushed the system before in the past? Well, when I first started, before I'd really developed a taste for it, I was having, you know, one slowly. And then, you know, like any kind of powder. Once you get into it, you really start you start really stuffing in there. So you're like like a freaking mummy. Yes. You're jamming it. You're jamming it literally, <laughs> literally into every crevice of your body mm. to express your full masculine potential in your and your gorilla mindset. You want to get all that really jammed in there. Precious, precious bodily fluid. Precious uh, POE, purity of essence. <laughs> I will no longer sit back and allow communist infiltration, communist indoctrination, and the international communist conspiracy to sap and impurify. All of our precious bodily fluids. <laughs> Do you think there's anyone in our audience who hasn't seen that movie yet? Boy, it's a good movie. You're gonna have to answer the Coca-Cola company. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was able to spend some time preparing good. with my uh, my wireless device. Mm-hmm. Mm, boy, oh boy! Mm. You get it's really neat. You get to like really revisit a lot of what you enjoyed yesterday. Kind of like scrubbing. It's like, like it's like a, a, a life in review. Yeah, exactly. It's like predestination. You just spend it's quality time with yourself. From now on, I'm going to call diarrhea the bootstrap paradox. Oh my god! So I says to her, I says, and then the other <laughs> thing was this morning, uh, just now, I had to. Uh, I have a dehumidifier in my office. Yeah, that is attached to a smart plug that enables me to control it remotely. Yeah, <sighs> this is the second whitest. Near calamity that I've had like just in the last couple months. Oh my God. And I'll tell you the other one in a minute. I'm wearing, now you have the Mack Weldon French Terry uh, zip up hoodie. Yes, in gray. It's very well made. And and one of of the several very interesting um, features of it are are the drawstrings on the hood. Now, if you had to describe, don't overthink it. If you had to describe the drawstrings on the French Terry hoodie, what's the first thing you'd say about them? I mean, they're, I'm well, looking the, the, at the it little, right now. The little nubbins at the end are really that, nice. Yeah, that's metal, I think, or is it, yeah, it's metal it and it's It feels really solid, but like, what, what's different? How is this, how is this hoodie different than all other nights? Like, what is it that's distinctive about Well, it almost the, has, I don't want to use a derogatory or a pejorative term, but it's like, no. it looks like a shoelace. They're very, very long. Yes. Which is good. That gives you more control. You can really get laced in there if you need to. Yes. Okay. My dehumidifier that's attached to a smart plug has a spinning fan inside of it and a grid on top. Did one of these get twisted up in there? And, and so I, I decided I would do it the manly way, and I would manually, manly, reach over down to the floor where the plug is, the outlet, if you like, and I would manually, manually press the button. I wouldn't use my iOS uh, device like a cuck. I lean over like like a well-powdered man to manually press the button. 
and I very, very narrowly <laughs> avoided being killed by strangulation by uh, my dehumidifier. Oh my god! Did it? Have, were you, was I'm your just, face like pressing against the the grail and uh, the grating, and you you're know like what it was? Pr- pressing against it with both hands, like shaking? And no, no, no. That that's that's what I was imagining. Because here, here's the thing: this is this is almost the last sound I heard. Tap 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 tap. <laughs> And that's that's how you know it's working. Mm-hmm. So I love my French Terry uh, zip up hoodie, but you know, and then the, the single whitest calamity I've had. This is I could be six months ago now. I had um, the large. I'm sorry, <clears throat> kombucha. I had I had the have the large f- like five gallon sous vide container with my sous vide dingus, and I'm sous viding literally a prime rib in the Sufie device, I reach over to get my very large iPad Pro and I almost dropped it into the Sufie. And I thought, you know, on a form someday, that's going to be recorded as one of the whitest calamities of all time. Oh no, my iPad. I bought uh, bought Sufie balls. You can buy these balls. Oh, and And don't they float around inside the little... Yes. Yeah. Yes. If If you're not a lid person, I'm not a lid person. I'm a ball person. And so I got Sufie balls. And of course, John Syracuse has made fun of me for what I paid for these, because that's what he does. Uh, and that keeps the heat in. I'm sous vide something as we speak. All right. Passively. So it's been a big morning, huge morning. Dan, yes. there's another way that this day is different than other days. Uh, we're recording two episodes today. Right. We totally are. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't like to talk it's about a the big, show. It's a big, ba- well, it's too many. It's a big back-to-back Back to back to work. Back no to one work. will know that unless they're lucky enough to be listening live. To them, it will sound like two completely separate individual episodes. Oh, is that important that we do that? That we that it, Okay, all right. Well, we'll just know, do I'll, the. Hey, Mer- hi, Merlin. Hey, say, hey, hey Dan. Going, buddy, I almost died because of the air. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We discovered the comedian. Uh, really discovered the comedian Brian Regan. Uh, we we're on a little family car trip recently, and. Uh, I, I've heard of, I've heard little bits of Brian Regan. We listened to so much Brian Regan on our car trip, and I can highly recommend this, especially his first album, which is from 1997. And I think it's called Standing Up. And he's uh, he's along the lines, you know, I got to tell you, I love Jim Gaffigan. I think Jim Gaffigan got a little bit of his stuff from Brian Regan. Mm. Um, Standing Up, Brian Regan, yeah. Uh it's uh he's clean. Kid kid friendly. Occasion- well, he has an occasional H E double hockey sticks, but but generally, uh, you know, we we listened to his first album like three times uh, on the trip and it mm. was really fun. So I that's my recommendation this week is uh comedian uh, Brian Regan. You too. I, I, I didn't he's he he does the thing I didn't realize I thought I was the only person who does this. It's one of my favorite bits of his is like <laughs> the person at the airport says, Enjoy enjoy your flight, and you say, You too. Happy birthday. Yo, too. Yeah. Just in the event that you ever take a flight, that's a thing that you do. You, you too. I've never, I've never listened to it. Never listened to it. Oh, he's very funny. I'll give it a try. Well, here, I'll find a link uh, for show notes. Of, oh, this is so funny. This is his, uh, there's a full, somebody, some, uh, some jackal uploaded uh, all of one of his uh, comedy specials. And that's on the YouTube. I just added it to show notes. Dan, Oh boy. Where would people find show notes for episode diggity three one seven? Yeah. 
Have you backed work program? Yeah, that's perfect. 5by5.tv slash B as in brethren, 2 is in the number, W is in women, slash 317. 317. I am, uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live the fiction. Mm-hmm. So, pretty crazy stuff these days. Um, <laughs> topical. Whoa. How about, how about those nuts in Congress? What's up I with know. them? What is up with that? You believe that? Oh, man. Something different. You drive on the parkway, you park on the driveway. Who's coming up with this stuff? <laughs> you crazy, know, crazy. Mastodon, times. you know? Mastodon. Mastodon. Oh, I thought you meant the metal band. You're talking about the social network. Yeah, there's a new social network in town. You ever listen to Mastodon, Dan? I, I know that I have. Mm. I couldn't hum it for you, but I, I definitely... Mm-hmm. Mastodon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mastodon. I went ahead and signed up for Mastodon to avoid namespace right, pollution. Right, right, right. But if you're on a different instance, then you someone else could get the the name. If I'm on a, oh, because it's a, is it a GitHub? It's it, a distributed a, uh, social network. So anyone can start their own node instance of it, and then you can have that name on that node. I see. It's like Radiohead uh, says. Anyone can play guitar. Anyone. Mm. That was a good album. That's uh, the first one, I think. Yeah. Not Kid A, which I also liked. That's their third or fourth. Did we you hear talk- the Weezer did the cover of Paranoid Android? Have you ever heard that cover? Have we talked about this? I don't know. I would love oh, to talk. Oh, it's great. It's great. It's of- I'm writing that down for our, our next episode, which yeah. will be next week. That's right. Mm. Mm. Weezer. Weezer, they, if you just search YouTube, because they released it, I believe, as a video. I don't believe it is released as a song that you can download, but if you go to YouTube and search for Weezer paranoid Android, there's a, mm. a lovely, lovely cover that I, I won't go so far to say it's better than the original, but it's, it's wonderful. Mm. My favorite cover ever of anything. Actually funny. You should say that Radiohead, the band does my favorite cover of all time. Hmm. They do a cover of ceremony by new order. That is oh, really horn uh, burning. We will put these in show notes. Also, radio had ceremony. Um, we mentioned Radiohead in passing on this week's upcoming Reconcilable Differences. And I found this, you know, there's that one genre of YouTube video I got mixed feelings about um, where, like, it's basically just a guy talking with fast cuts. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. It's, you know, it's not my favorite. It's kind of like, it's like that genre of podcast where you read an essay over a music bed. It's mm-hmm. like, meh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Karina Longworth, but um, <laughs> with a, with a, won't you? Um, <laughs> she loves her hard teas. Mm. Man, that lady leans on a tea. Distant. Mm. Ow, ow. Karina got some tea in my eye. So uh, <laughs> I ended up just. Dis- I've had a lot of coffee. I had a co- coffee. I had a Claritin D, and I had a nootropic powder. So today is going to, this one episode recording, we're recording for this current, definitely current week. It's going to be good. I discovered uh, it's this, from the genre of a guy on YouTube who stands there and talks and then cuts out everything that's not him talking. I don't know how they do that or why they do that, but what do you call that? What do you call that where somebody talks to you? I know what hey you guys, mean. guys, it's Jim, and this time I'm going to talk to you about unboxing my new toothpaste. And it's just like, they cut out everything that's not them talking, and there's a little jump, and and then it zooms in a little bit, and it zooms in a little bit more, and it's in, what is what is that? I know exactly what you're talking about. What I don't, is that called? What I don't that? know if there's a name for that. 
There must be a name for that. The jump, the jump cut YouTube video style. YouTube, we'll call it the YouTube jump. We have to ask Sandy that. He's the video guy around here. He loves YouTube. <laughs> I saw him in a hotel room last week. Just That still just freaks me out. What? That he's just sitting in a hotel room waiting for just, visitors? Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's just... <laughs> Hey, how's it going? No, <laughs> just, just that he's on. Leave like, the door for, open in case someone else wants to come t- in. So TV, when we're on vacation, TV is a terrible thing because it's it's one of the rare, rare times <laughs> that my wife and I are just like, F it. Like if she wants to watch. I love like, that your, your exceptional, exceptional uh, circumstances require exceptional means. We're on a trip. We have no choice. We're in a hotel. We're going to watch regular TV. Like that's just my every day. That's just Oh god. Yeah. This is why we don't have cable. Yeah. I will not permit cable. I know that what I do <laughs> is uh, to use a term of art cockamamie. The way that I consume TV makes zero sense and is more costly than it needs to be cuz I when I look at the channel lineup, even just having Sling TV, mm-hmm. I pay like 25 bucks a month for Sling TV and I watch maybe 2 hours a month of TV. It's ridiculous. But I look at that channel lineup even on Sling and I'm like, "Ugh." It's like, you know, you know, uh, whatever ESPN Ocho and, you know, E and e- e uh, in Israeli or whatever. Like, I, I, what are all these things and all these reality shows and all these all these women in high heels yelling while they're drinking? Like, it's terrible. Those are some, that's some of the best uh, TV coming out right now. Well, so we end up watching secondarily Food Network, but mainly it's Cartoon Network. Yes. And we watch all of the Teen Titans and all of the Gumballses. And uh, we've recently, I'll, I'll mention this uh, in this uh, broadcast from this week today, which is uh, we, we've discovered We Bear Bears. Now, have you discovered We Bear Bears? No. About three bears who are brothers. It's a grizzly bear, a panda bear, and a polar bear. The polar bear is named Ice Bear. Ice Bear speaks in the third person. Ice Bear speaks in the third person. The world is not ready for what Ice Bear is capable of. Ice it's a really, really good show. Speaks. But that's so my wife and I are like, we just want to like, it's just nap. I just want to take a nap. I want to have a, I want to have a cocktail. And she just, you know, if you're not like at a theme park, yeah, you know what? Watch 16 hours of cartoons a day. That's healthy. And there's Sandy. Sandy's in our hotel room. He's just there like selling cars. It's so weird. Yeah, it's weird. Well, no, I mean, I'm not saying this to be like, ooh, like I don't even own a Star Wars guy. Like, I'm just saying like we don't have that in the house. We do not see commercials. And I'm proud of that. Uh, I think it's important that like you not have to watch that many Geico ads. Um, But uh, yeah, we just don't see it. And so it's still weird. It's weird that he's on TV that much. It's awesome. I love uh, Adam. But it it is still weird. And it continues to be weird for me because it happens only three to seven times a year. That I see it. Yeah. Now you watch TV. You watch regular TV. Does Adam on as much as I think? Yeah, he's on a lot. I, I mean, most of the way that I absorb my commercial intake is through sports when I'm watching sports because I watch that on live TV, regular TV, no cable, with just our lovely uh, antennas that we have. And yeah. of course, sports is filled with lots and lots of commercials. And occasionally, I will see Adam up there doing his doing his thing. Sports commercials are pretty good commercials. I think we've talked about this. As commercials go, sports commercials are pretty good. If you're watching, like, like if you're an animal and you're trying to save $2 a month by getting the Hulu that has commercials, ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, so here's the thing, Dan. This is definitely a today's episode for this week, so mm-hmm. we, should, we should probably save our shucking and or jiving for next week's episode, uh, which will be the shucking and jiving episode. This week, if, if, if you agree, I think we will answer uh, questions from listeners via Twitter, if that's okay with you. Yeah, I would love that. That'd be great. I have one piece of follow-up 
that is very, I think you can guess what this is about. There's one very important piece of follow-up that I would like to address at 16 minutes into the program. I, the top I, of the show, as you said. I don't know what it is, but I would- You I don't would, know what it I is. I don't know, but I would like to hear it. Last time Dan recorded, which was definitely last week, mm-hmm. we uh, tried an experiment. We willfully and knowingly tried an experiment. Oh, uh, that, see, yes, of course. Now I know what you're talking about. To see how it would go. So, so wow. long story short, our show usually ends, and I feel like I'm going to say this because there are enough people who don't know what we're talking about that I want to explain what this is because they get confused for a variety of reasons. They're confused about why they're confused. Uh, for the last 17 years that Dan and I have done this podcast, the show always ends with us signing off, and then you hear an approximately two-minute instrumental song called Plika Plika by the band Bacon Ray, which as it happens, I was in. Uh, I played, uh, what did I play on that? I think I played bass on that. And, uh, and, and you know, it's a song. For some reason, we've just always done that. Does it need to be there? I don't know. This is the question we ask ourselves. So here's the thing. On last, the week before this week's last episode, we did an experiment where we changed the song at the end to another song from that same 7-inch from 1995 by the band Bacon Ray. And that was, we put on uh, the song Sundays in a Row. A lot of people had nice comments about that. Thank you. I'm a small man and I'll take anything I can get. <laughs> that one I sang and I played guitar. Uh, and then this previous episode to today's episode of this week, we tried something new, Dan. What did we do? We tried it with no song at the end at all. No song at all. And we called it out. We said, listen, we're going to try a thing here. Brace yourself. We're going to sign off and, and not play the, uh, the song at the end. And we said to our listeners, if you have a thought on this, please contact us. Now, now I got two parts about this. My, the second part is the important part. But the, the first part, which is also important, how would you characterize generally the response from our listeners? I, way more passionate uh, than I had ever would have guessed in, in a million years. People, essentially, there were essentially two responses, a right. somewhat of a minority, but you know, a lot of people who said, Hey, you know, I like the song, but I'm fine with it. I like it not being there or I'm fine with it not being there. You know, some people strongly said, I'm glad you took it off. Mm-hmm. I don't like that song. I Very don't like people said it. Yeah. But no, no, no. That, the point being though, but there were people who said, you know, I'm fine with it. You know, as, as it turns out, a minority some of them said, you know, uh, you know, you ask people questions to give you an answer. That's how the internet works. They said, oh, well, you could do a little bit of it, or you could do a sh- something different, or uh, meh. But a surprising number of people, part B, joined me in feeling like we cut the show off at the knees. It seemed so weird and wrong to me that the show ended without the song. That I, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm going to say I'm going to say for myself. I can't imagine doing the show without the song at the end. It would drive me crazy. How crazy is it? I feel the same way, and so it's totally unnecessary, but it feels weird, right? So many people, so many people replied to us saying, "You absolutely <laughs> have to have the song at the end. It's not the same show. It's not right to end it that way." There were people who said that they had hit pause at the end before it went to their next podcast and hummed the song. Other people said that they went and played previous episodes so that they could hear the song. There were people who were left uh, stranded on an island because their overcast had deleted the previous week's episode and there was no way for them to get the song when they needed it. had to make an overcast out of coconuts. (laughs) That's right. Kill again. (laughs) 
But it was, yeah, you're right though. I mean, like I, obviously, you know, this is a classic cognitive bias. Of course, I hearted all the people who said that because I realized <laughs> from the instant the show <laughs> went up that there's no way we're ever putting the show out again without the song because right. it was weird. Right. So um, if I may say, uh, on behalf of, of, uh, of the network, uh, we're bringing the song back. The song is coming back. Songs coming back, and and to those who I, I first of all I do appreciate. I'm not dismissing uh, people's points of view on this. I would just say you know skip past it. It's not that bad. Bandwidth is you know unless you're on a desert island with a you know coconut bandwidth, which we call Comcast here. That's right. No, come on, I kid. <clears throat> but anyway, that was an interesting experiment. I'm, I guess I'm glad we did it. I and I was I guess here's the thing, and I know this is true for me. I think we have addressed this. I love the rituals and bits on podcasts. That's a thing I love. So, I mean, you know, let's, let's not, let's not rob ourselves of that bit. I agree too. I think it's nice. And <laughs> you know what? I don't think that there are a lot, I don't know, cause I don't listen to, to podcasts unless, you know, no. I'm on them. Of course. But I don't think, <laughs> monster. I don't think that there are a lot of podcast, po- po- podcasts that end. Saying there aren't a lot of pods. There aren't a lot of pods Ugh. that end with, a two-minute song, <laughs> at, let alone no. a two-minute song that was performed and maybe composed, at least in part, by one of the hosts of the show. So I think it's yeah. pretty special. Mainly, just 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 for the record, that was mainly uh, Jason Emmett wrote wrote that in the main, who uh, we called the Prince. The Prince mainly wrote that, uh, but uh, yeah, we all kind of had our parts. But that was mainly a uh, Sundays in a row is, is mostly mine. Yeah, well. All, all, well, you know, everybody raised their own part. No, do you think? But, do you think we should alternate at sometimes between song A and si- side A and side B, or should we stick with side A? I'll say this: that's a very good question. I will say this: I think we should hold it as a possibility that when it's appropriate, we play a different song. Mm-hmm. There have been times where, for example, like after uh, our mutual friend John and I talked about the events of early November. Mm-hmm. In one episode, it felt entirely appropriate to not play the little blast at the end. Yeah. It felt like it was our little, like, you know, zero gun salute title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, but no, I I think we should stick with it. You know, it's really, at our age, it's really all we have. Yeah, Are are the bits. I'm a more bit bit than man at this point. Yes. So, it's been a big week. Mm -hmm. So, we, um... Today's show, which is this week, mm-hmm. we uh, I realized that we had some content to provide. Mm-hmm. And with your permission, I said to our friends on Twitter, uh, is there anything you would like us to talk about? Do you have a question or a short topic you would like addressed? And uh, oddly enough, people responded and there, there wasn't that much sucking and driving. And we got some, I think, very good uh, questions. I'm and I have prepared now. answers for many of them. <clears throat> well, I mean, how do you Should want I, to start it? Well, I guess we could start by answering it. For, before we do that, uh, is there a chance that you would like to tell me about something that you like? Oh, sure. I can do that. Let me tell you about uh, Text Expander. Text Expander? Are you even kidding me? I am not kidding you. Text exp- it's Text Expander for teens. Did you know that? <laughs> you mean like teenagers? No, not teens. Teams. <laughs> People who are working and playing together. You work, you play. It's a where my wife sleeps or my children play with their toys. So this is the thing. Imagine that your team who is uh, they're all working together. They're all handling things. Maybe they're doing 
uh, replies, email replies, right? And you want the message to always be, as, as you say, on brand. You want it to be correct. Mm-hmm. You want them to have the same conversational tone to your customers or potential customers or the people you're giving support to. Imagine if you could have your best writers writing those kinds of replies, and then it would be really easy for everyone doing to do their job and write these kinds of replies, right? That's, that's one of the things that Text Expander for Teams is really good at. It gives you a place, a shared knowledge base, if you will, that allows all of these people to access and search and use these simple abbreviations and keyboard shortcuts and provide this kind of consistency. And it doesn't matter what platform you're on. You could be on a Mac. Sure. Why not? Even one of the, the new Mac Pros that are coming out in, in 2018. Uh, it could be on Windows. That hasn't been announced yet, Dan. Windows? Mm-hmm. Uh, and iOS. No, I know it yeah. hasn't. <laughs> I'm just thinking forward. Uh, Text Expander. I have a feeling, have a feeling they'll, they'll announce something soon. I got a good feeling about Mastodon. it. Mastodon. Mastodon. Text Expander is going to help customer service teams provide a better, faster, and more accurate service. Teams of all sizes can get these benefits. And uh, you know who's using it? You got, uh, you, you got people at Smile. You got people mm-hmm, at 1Password. Mm-hmm. You got people working at, at WordPress. Those people, they have employees there. You got Shopify. Uh, you name it. Do you have to be on a team to use it? You could just use the regular text expander, but this is the teams. This is the, the the new thing. So like, there's some boilerplate yeah. that you need to share across a group of people and you don't want people to lose their fingers for some kind of HR reason. You could just share it. You could share a little bit of boilerplate. You could share one of those little fill-in forms. Right. Or even just an address. And what if, what if you change, imagine if you change your shipping address and you want everyone on your team to always use the new one. You just go into that shortcut, you swap it out. Now everybody, when they do the, you know, semicolon work to, to have it auto replace their address, guess what? All of a sudden, mm-hmm. now they're all Bloop. using the same address. It's all in one, one step. Bloop. So you can learn about this by going to textexpander.com slash b2w to start your free trial of this and uh and while you're there go check out the regular text expander too which i know merlin is uh obsessed with mm, big fan Textexpander.com slash b2w hey and, and real talk our thanks to text expander for supporting five by five and back to work thank with you dan benjamin yep <clears throat> boy this is this is an awkward feeling which i just i just got a, i just got one of those uh one of those emails you get that's that a service is shutting down. This Who is, is it this time? Is it Mastodon? Well, I don't want to say. <clears throat> no, I think Mastodon is they have a new instance. Oh, you can just uh, you deploy, you you push to production, uh-huh. and then then you pull into the Firefox, and you want to make sure that you your brackets are well tabbed. Uh huh. <clears throat> and then you get your struts. So name of company struts. is shutting. Subject line. Um, name of company is shutting down June thirtieth. That sucks. Um. We have not been able to make product name a viable business and are shutting down. Is it Mastodon? That's, no, it's not Mastodon. They got oh. a new instance. Uh, effective immediately, new signups are disabled. <clears throat> I hate getting notes like this. From Who people. is it? It makes me sad. <clears throat> I'm not going to say. They're, uh, it says here they're open sourcing it. Now, now, now here's, the, here's the Yo Henry part. I don't know what this is. <laughs> I don't know what this thing is. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's a thing I signed up for at one point. <laughs> But I feel really bad. Like I feel so bad for these people. <laughs> Clearly, you're one of no the reasons. You're the reason why it's shutting down because you didn't use it. <laughs> you should just say screw you, Merlin, <laughs> Mister Big Shot. Right, if only you'd use our service, we wouldn't be doing we this right now. We wouldn't have to now. open source shit if you would use our thing. You forgot you signed up for <laughs> asshole. God, I feel so bad. I'm googling shutting down June 30th open sourcing, but nothing is coming up. Okay, you're gonna make me look it up. Um, 
Okay, first I'm going to make sure that it's not. Uh, is it Go- Google Earth thing. Enterprise? Yes. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> no. Oh. <clears throat> is it Google okay. Moderator? This, this is not helping me. Go to usecanvas.com. Usecanvas.com. Oh, is this the it's really HTML? slow right now? <laughs> is this the HTML5 maker? What is Canvas? Canvas. I feel like I remember this. Canvas. <clears throat> Canvas editor. It's an ember.js. Well, it's nice that they're open sourcing it. I think that's nice. Whatever it is, I'm glad. Each, each repo has a Heroku button. <laughs> well, that's important. You want to launch your own instance right on Heroku. Get a new instance. They just you just spawn one spawn, button. You spawn a new Git. One button. Uh, each repo has a Heroku button to somewhat ease the process. <laughs> that will ease it. It's like your kombucha. <laughs> rejoice, rejoice! It's a living beverage. <laughs> Holy crap! We got a. It's a big week. Anyway, sorry, uh, Oren. Uh, Oren is also the name of uh, April's friend who uh, wears a cape in uh, in Parks and Rec. I am okay. Listen, I am just starting no, to get no, no, into come Parks on, and Rec. Stop it! Just stop it! No, this no, is, no. This, you know what this is? Did I tell you about I my dentist? What? Did I tell you about my dentist? No. Okay. I I had a uh, dentist appointment, and my dentist has above the chair that you sit in when you're you know how you're parked back on your on your uh on your back so they can get into that mouth sure do and so they have mounted on their ceilings they have big tvs (laughs) mounted on their Uh ceilings and and so they're connected to their computers which i think are the same computers that they use when they're looking up at your your x-rays and stuff but they just have a second screen plugged in and the wire goes up and they say, what would you like to watch? And, uh, and they have Netflix running in a web browser up on that screen. And you can tell them anything. So it, as long as it's on Netflix, and I said, well, what, what do most people watch? And she's right away. She says Parks and Rec. No kidding. And I said, all right, I'd like to see some Parks and Rec. They're like, do you want to start with season one, episode one? I said, no. I said, why don't you start with uh, season three, episode one? Oh, good season! And uh, and season I season three. You're you're already into uh, uh, Ben and uh, Chris. That's yeah. And that's... so I watched two episodes, and I have to tell you, it was quite quite an entertaining show. So oh, I I'm think so I'm about like to get it. started. That's when what that that's the is that when she decides to run for office? No, Harvest Festival. Is it Harvest? Festival? The Harvest Festival. Yep. That's oh, right. that's a great season. Oh, that's such a good season. Don't you love Chris Pratt? He was great on it. All the characters are great. Everyone was great. Oh, now, so could, should I keep watching from season three or do I go back to season one now that I know what's coming? Did you coming? watch two contiguous episodes yes. from season three? Yeah. Were you horribly confused? No, I felt like they, they actually did a thing in And I hope I'm remembering it that it's the right season because I know there was a Harvest Festival in it. But in the episode- Harvest Festival is arguably the best one. Well, I mean, it's, it's a great it's there's other ones that are good for sentimental reasons, but the Harvest Festival season is is a great arc. It's a really fun. Well, season. Epis- the first episode that I remember watching, w- where she uh, the 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 main the main woman, the blonde, yeah, <clears throat> Leslie Nope, Leslie Nope, she's great. She is she's like everyone, we're back, and she kind of drives around picking people up and saying, "We're back, come back, we're we're back." I don't know where they were, I don't know what happened. But they're back now. But that served as a wonderful way to sort of get introduced right. to each of the characters. It was almost like I that was I was destined to see that episode. And yeah, then I, there was I, the one where can... the where Rob Lowe had a uh, got sick and in a flu and had a fever. Oh no, the microchip is compromised. Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
stop. It was good. It was really good. I'm, I'm <laughs> so I'm goes, he looks in the mirror and goes, stop. So should <laughs> I, should I continue or should I begin? Oh, this is terrific. Yeah. I want to say yes. Uh, this is not a Syracuse approved method for doing anything, but I would say yes. Go straight through from there. Uh, if you continue and I, I you know, I, I have to say it's easily one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I hate to oversell it, but it is so I can I can watch pretty much any episode of that show and it just makes me happy. I can really recommend it. Oh God, you have so much you're gonna see you're gonna meet Purd happily. Oh, you're gonna meet oh you're gonna meet so many great characters. Um uh, Crazy Ira and the Douche from the Morning Zoo. Um I would say, yeah, absolutely. Go straight through. And if you're loving it, then go back and watch season then, one. Then go is, back and watch. Season one is a real mixed bag. Season two gets way better. See, I started with The Sopranos in, I think it was either season two or season, I think it was season two. Ooh, but that's rough. They used to do a thing on HBO where they would show the older episode and then at, at like nine and then the new one would be on at 10. It was something okay. like that. And so I would start watching the old episode and then the, the new one. So I was watching two seasons it was like living two lives at the same time but that's how i got caught up should i do something like that with this or maybe i'm no, watching I mean, season one the, and the, the first season is I, I mean i don't want to overstate this but I, i've watched many panels with uh the cast and producers and and what's his name mike sure and like uh and they virtually disavow the first season because they really had not gotten the characters right in the first season and I hate to slag this guy. There's an actor who's in the first two seasons that's mm, kind of a drag and kind of misplaced. And when once, you know, I, I say that I, I've, I've said before, I think the episode to start with for anybody who's on the bubble is season two, I think episode eight, which is called Greg Pakitis and watch from there. But having said that, where you are, yes, I would say watch it through. Watch it through to the end All right. and if, or whatever. But at any point, you can jump back to season two. If you jump back to season one, it might be pretty jarring. Yeah. Um, because, you know, they kind of hadn't figured out. They didn't – I don't think they realized how important Ron, Andy, and April would end up being. Mm. And they – and obviously Ron becomes one of the huge characters. Yes. And they really they, – they finally really got Ron's character uh, right partway through like season two where he's not just like an angry libertarian. Like you can tell, like he's <laughs> yeah. Ba- mean, by the is. time he that keeps, I saw this, the... he has a landmine on his desk. He has gold in his in his desk drawer. Um, but yeah, <laughs> by the time that I was seeing him in season three, it was he was the he's the one character that I knew outside of the context yeah. of the show, and he was very clearly defined as to to who he was and what he was doing in it, and that was quite enjoyable. You really get him, yeah. Okay, good. Well, this is great. This is fantastic. Yeah, I you thought I was going to tell you something bad about it, right? Like well, I tried you know, to watch it and I hated it and, and what a dummy you were for recommending it. No, I loved it. I loved well, I'm it. So, I'm, so, I'm very happy to hear that. I, I, there's this term I keep wanting, I've talked to Syracuse offline about this. I feel like I, I want to come up with a term for the kind of thing that I am so, I feel so close to certain media franchises that I don't, I don't have a way to look at it critically. And at the same time, I don't feel a need to defend it. And while I might evangelize it, I also understand why people might not like it. The canonical example is the band, the Smiths, which I, I, it's one of my easily one of my all time favorite bands. And yet I completely understand why people don't simply dislike the Smiths. I understand why people hate the Smiths. I hated the Smiths for a while. It took me a while until I really got into like, uh, this charming man and how soon is now. Like, I just thought they were silly. 
But like in the same same way with Parks and Rec, like if somebody says, "Oh, yeah, Parks and Rec," it's pretty broadly drawn characters, and that's not really what Indiana is like. And it's like, okay, that's fine. You you know corn. I know comedy. Like this is this is a very good show, and I I don't mind people. So I'm, I almost want a term for that. You know what I mean? Where stuff like the movie uh, Les Misérables, where which is a terrible movie that I love. Like I don't have a way to defend that movie. It's not a good movie, but I love it. And I don't love it ironically. I, I I know that it is not a good movie in most ways, that it, it is so contradictory that it verges on like hypocritical. Like how can you even claim to like something that's obviously not good? And it's like, well, and, and, and yet not like it ironically. You know what I mean? Like the Smiths. I mean, Morrissey <laughs> sings the third. That's all he does. He just sings la 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 la. He just sings the third. That's all he does. <laughs> It's all Whatever he... happens to be the third at the time, and he mostly repeats it over and over. <laughs> it just wasn't like I told you, I can't. It wasn't like those days, and I still ah. I can't. Li- I can't listen to any Marcy or anything without he- thinking terrible, of you now. Terrible music. Belligerent <sighs> ghouls run Manchester schools. Spineless bastards all. Also a terrific song, The Headmaster Ritual, also in that same session covered by Radiohead. I'll put it in show notes. All right. Get to show notes, Radiohead Ceremony. Bruises bigger than dinner plates. Radiohead. I had a, I had a lot of uh, stimulants this morning, and I almost died in a dehumidifier accident. <laughs> You're living a dangerous <laughs> life. Imagine if, like, well, where, where's Merlin? He never came home. What happened yeah. to him? And someone finally goes, and you're you're just there underneath your... Humidify. Yeah, like if you thought if you thought you were put off by the idea of the media generated idea of something called affluenza, imagine just somebody who just dies from white man's disease. <laughs> he had too many things to charge. <laughs> <laughs> Shock. Uh, we watched Goldfinger in a hotel room. Oh, so I bought I bought a uh, I bought an HDMI dingus for my iPad, and I bought an HDMI cable. And you know what that means, buddy? That means. Pretty much any hotel that we're in, we can just watch whatever's on the iPad. Yep. So I downloaded Goldfinger. My daughter requested Goldfinger. We watched Goldfinger. She wanted to see a Bond film? Oh, it's Goldfinger. You're kidding. She won't even, she, won't, she will not even move on. I'm like, well, you should really try From Russia With Love because that's really good too. Shocking. I mm. love those movies, of course, but uh, of course. I can't, I tried that what I think is going to be a, a gateway for my son uh, to get into to get into the old, like he's seen some of the newer bond films because they're on TV and I'm not talking about the the good ones. I'm talking about like Roger Moore because they, he'll, uh, he'll come sure. in and I'll, I'll be sitting in there. I'll be like, Hey, remember, the, remember this knees in the bathtub. Yeah. Like come in and come in and watch this movie with me. He's like, what is it? I'm like, just watch. He's like, there's a guy walking around in a, in a suit, judo chopping people in a white suit in the desert. I'm like, yeah, it's a great movie. He's like, no, I'm not watching that. So I think because he saw that once, like three years ago, he to him, James Bond, like he gets Daniel Craig as James Bond and understands. And he's like, he he knows like what watches they're wearing and stuff. And he thinks the cars are cool. But like he's never seen like and I really I think the way I'm going to get him with Dr. No, you can almost I can say this from experience and I'm going to do a little bit of a Logan here. Yeah, you can almost show him Skyfall. You could, you're knowing your kid, you could show him Skyfall. Oh yeah. He'd Skyfall, be Skyfall I'm going to put in the category of whatever my new genre name for this is. I have no excuse for okay how much for I like dance, Skyfall. Okay for dance, dance kid. 
No, no, no. The my my no excuse media program. Oh, of like I know everybody goes ooh Skyfall, but like I I think Skyfall is really good, and it's got some disturbing scenes in it. But it's a pretty it's a mostly gettable plot, and yeah. it's got some insane action. See, you can't show him uh, Casino Royale. That's too violent. And then there's the ball smashing. The ball smashing is not That's, that. We were watching in the hotel room two trips ago. My daughter had fallen asleep, and we get to the you know, toilet seat ball smashing. And my wife and I just turned to each other and said, I'm really glad she fell asleep. Like, you know, she, she definitely watched this. Like, as a nine-year-old boy, he's very cognizant that being kicked in the balls is the number one worst thing that could happen to you as a child a, or a person. It's a nuclear or option for elementary school. Yes. So he knows that. So he's like, like, and I, I won't go so far as to say this is his main obsession of the kicking the balls, you know, but like, like he's a very aware that that's like a thing now. And so <laughs> I, I definitely don't want to show him the movie, but I'm thinking the tarantula scene in Dr. No would be the way to get him because his, his fear of spiders he his greatest fear is a fly. He's really? absolutely really? terrified of a fly. If there's a fly in the house, like he if the, let's say let's say that there's a fly in the kitchen, right? And he's mm-hmm. not going to bed that night if there's still mm-hmm. a fly in the kitchen. Like it is he's horrifically Isn't that terrified. Strange? Of- my, my daughter who's really brave about all kinds of things, she does not like flying insects. Like a, yeah. in my house a moth is a female catastrophe. Oh my it's god. It's the one thing where they, they they totally become like stereotypes and i've got to like go be the brave the brave white hunter and come in and, and like r- take the tiny moth extinguish yeah the, you know like other bugs are fine with like centipedes and millipedes and all the little ants and things like that uh, but yeah. i i don't like a moth my, my kid will pick up a banana slug she'll 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 pick oh, up no. a with her fingers yeah. oh yeah she'll pick up a roly-poly and take it off the, the roly-polies of course they are obsessed with with those but in dr no i'm sure you remember it, but there is the tarantula that's on him i don't remember that oh Great scene. Uh, is that the first one or is that the second first one? First one. First one, okay. And he has to deal with this uh, tarantula. And apparently he was a, uh, the, uh, Sean Connery was too scared and had to be on a, on something. I couldn't, he couldn't let it walk on him or something. But I feel like if, if, if he, at the end when he's like smashing this thing, uh, I feel like, I feel like I would get my kid and then he'd be in, into Sean Connery bond. Um, we, one of the places we stayed on our car trip was a pretty nice place. And, um, I, we're one of those places where I feel kind of awkward, where I feel especially white. And, uh, I, I, while I was sitting by the pool watching my daughter swim, occasionally swimming with her, I'm not a big water person. Can you swim? Yeah. I I would write down things I overheard people say at the pool. (laughs) (laughs) Example. Oh, there were things like, you know, this is the kind of place where like they don't want you to have to walk from your room to the pool. So there's golf carts every 10 minutes. Man, you're in a nice place. Shut up. At one point, a woman (laughs) waving a clipboard around uh, said, excuse me, are you a shuttle? To to a random golf cart. And it was like two Mexican guys like with dirt in the back. (laughs) No senora, no shuttle. (laughs) Here's my favorite. Uh, This is at the pool. They they had three pool. They had a pool. They had a pool. They had two two, uh, hot tubs and they had a kid pool, like a little like one and a half. You know, like those little tiny pools. And I hear this. Uh, excuse me. Uh, can we get a cup or something? There's a dead moth in the pool and it brushed against my daughter's arm. <laughs> so I wrote that down. Someone said this. Mm-hmm. I had no idea California was so big. Well, honestly, nothing has worked out the way I had hoped. Oh, it was a candy convention uh, that was there at the time. Um, uh, a woman says, uh, there, there's two of them were bragging. 
kind of bragging and, and humble bragging about, you know, what, what they do and their mm-hmm. travel and all oh, the candy business these days is so crazy. Uh, really, he says the whole industry is changing. <laughs> well, that was before I had the baby. Oh, God. He mostly does taffy now. Oh. <clears throat> so a moth brushed against her arm. Can we get a cup or something? <laughs> mm. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Mrs. I'm so, so-, I'm so sorry that the, the moth brush, uh, brush up against Anastasia helicopter's little arm. It's a such a calamity. What what country were you in? Just now? No, when when I the person was, was saying that. Crocio Marx's stand. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Also, it's the, everybody who worked in this place was great. It's kind of, it was a pretty resorty place, and everybody who worked there was really really great, like top notch, very engaging. Of course, the people who bring things to your room want to talk about it. Always very annoying, but they're always they're so nice, and they want they want to seem genuinely enthusiastic about how your golf went. Well, you know, with golf is, you know, I had to get out there. And, of course, I have the this, Slazenger this one. And uh, <clears throat> I love that bit. Do oh, you golf? Bit. No, obviously I'm not a golfer. Now, now uh, Eleanor loves the Slazenger one bit in uh, Goldfinger. Remember where Oddjob cheats by having the ball fall down his leg? Oh, yeah. And then uh, he's, supposed to get, he's supposed to have five minutes or, or take, a, take a stroke. Goldfinger cheats. James Bond figures it out. He and the Irish caddy figure it out. And then he swaps balls. Straight rules of golf. You forfeit the game. Hmm. <clears throat> so uh, this morning we asked our listeners on Twitter uh, whether they had minute 45 of this week's episode. Uh, we asked them if they had any questions or topics. And I, I have some um, some here. And I've, I've, I've thought about uh, what to say. Okay. Can we do that? I'm, I'm talking a lot this week. No, let's do it. You'll talk more in the shucking and driving episode next week. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you wanted, if you wanted to call in during the pets episode, you should have contacted us during the episode about the elderly. <laughs> Listener Jake says, "How do you keep your head up at work when you do the same job as others? How do you differentiate your way of doing the same job as other people?" That's a pretty good question. Yeah, it's a real good one. How do you answer that, though? You said you had an answer. I do, but I mean, I want to hear your thoughts as well. You mine's, start. And I'll... Kind of, well, it's kind of it's kind of lame, but um, <clears throat> I think. I think it's a good question, and I don't know if this is right for everybody. My response would be to focus on how you do and deliver the small stuff mm-hmm. of your job, right? So, <clears throat> I mean, if if you're all essentially producing somewhat similar products, consider trying to differentiate yourself by how you work and to find ways to stand out making what might amount to a commodity. Yeah, make, make the best product you can, the best work product, but also really focus on communications, clarity, being a helpful person, and developing what I'm calling uh, contextual awareness. So like learning to figure out how to be... In, so here's the thing. <clears throat> in a situation like that, if you're not careful, you end up feeling like a cog or you, know, you end up feeling like a functionary, a, a clerk. You know, you're all doing the same thing. You're all stamping the same passport or whatever. So, I mean, yes, focus on doing the best work that you can, but also all the other stuff, like, you know, what dumb stuff, like being on time for meetings, like writing great emails, doing stuff like finding out what problem isn't on your mind. Don't think, don't, don't think about the problem on your mind. Don't think about the problem on your coworkers. Think about the problem on your boss's mind and address that. 
And those kinds of things, it's almost like cheating, but that's a way. And I'm not, I'm not saying to be a brown noser, but I am saying that like you will differentiate yourself by being easy to deal with as well as productive. And I really feel like that's can't, that can be a really overlooked part of working in an office. Yeah. I mean, trying to, trying to think about what other people have on their mind, right? Is that kind of where you're going with that? Like not just thinking of it from your perspective, but trying to turn it <laughs> to their perspective. Yeah. No, no, that's definitely a big part of it. It's, you know, if you like a form of empathy, you know, uh, and I, this is just, I'm projecting here because I, I know I've, I've gotten very small in, in office situations and gotten really increasingly recursively hung up on what I feel like I have been, uh, denied for whatever reason. Cause you know, that's what's up. Why do you think that, that, that an office creates that kind of feeling? Cause I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think anybody who's worked in an office with more than three other people, this goes, this goes back to our earliest, earliest episodes and, you know, working in the office with Dave, who was hoarding lamps and pens and calculators, you know, <laughs> get more trigger bites on his, on his bus driver. How am I get, how, how am I get, how am I going to get one of them thirties? Marlon, how's Captain Marlon? But I think, uh, I don't know. Again, I haven't worked in a normal office in a pretty long time. I haven't even worked on a regular team in a pretty long time. I'm, I'm virtually sociopathic. But like, I do feel like I think about, again, like my, my, my dear wife, who is, um, it's just certain people you can, you can, you can just tell they're good at their job. They sweat the small stuff. I mean, these are little dumb things. I know this is all dumb stuff, but stuff like, I, again, I turn, I turn to my wife and I look at how she checks in on how a thing is going without even having to ask how it's going. Like you can sometimes just go monitor the email traffic about a project to see how things are going. You don't have to say, so where are we with that, Bob? There's all kinds of things you can do to kind of tacitly monitor that. I guess you could do that by looking at your repo uh, or, or whatever. Um, but also then learning to anticipate using your expertise to understand how these things tend to go. Like true expertise is not just being good at the craft of what you do. It's also having the institutional wisdom to know how these things tend to go. Where, if there's going to be problems, where and when they tend to turn up. Knowing that the last week of a six-week project is likely to get very, very busy. If you know that's going to happen, how do you anticipate those things? And right. to me, that's partly how you become a leader is by getting uh, outside of your own stuff and then trying trying to figure out how you can take care of your stuff in a way that helps others too. Does that make sense? Yes. What do you look for in somebody who, I mean, without being too personal, like when you're looking for people that you work with or on your team or people you hire, like what are the things that you look for that say, I, I'm pretty sure this person would be a good fit? I remember something that, that uh, one of my bosses told me years ago and he, he was not, he would frequently say, I'm not a very good manager. I'm not the best manager. And so what I do is I hire people who are very independent and who are, you know, that term self-starters, but really somebody who is motivated and inspired on their own to come up with things and do things uh, without, and who don't need a lot of babysitting or handholding. And you can kind of say, here's when we'd like to have this done. Let me know if you need any help. We'll check in every week and see how it goes. And it's hard to find that kind of person, but anybody who has that, you know, especially when it's a really small business, Anybody who has the same kind of drive and is just looking for a way to channel it, it that's the quality that you want to look for in in somebody yeah. that you're hiring, I think. Is it somebody who's like, 
I have this energy. I have ideas. I have creativity. I want to apply them. Give me a framework to exist within, and I will, I will channel all this right through that. And you, you feel like you have a pretty good nose for that? No, um, I've gotten <laughs> me either. I've gotten lucky once, uh, maybe twice in my entire hiring career, but no, not really. Um, yeah, I mean, again, this is something we've talked about before, but I, I don't know. This is an, an imperfect analogy, but th- I think about it this way. I mean, I th- this is an issue I think about sometimes is uh, you know litter and trash. Like when we're walking around in the park. Uh, and we see litter, we pick it up and we put it in the trash right. and because the teenagers don't. They leave their bubble drinks and their their chicken wrappers like all over our park. And so I'm not asking for a trophy here, but we go and pick that stuff up because that's a value to me. It's not even something I need to say like more than once every two years on this podcast. But like if you see trash, pick it up. And, you know, so, you know, slightly without regard to the political ramifications of who gets stuck with that, which is a different conversation. You could imagine a continuum of people in the world um, arbitrarily, just on this one kind of arbitrary axis. There are the people who willfully throw – this guy who lives in his car near our house, mm-hmm. and he uh, virtually prepares meals in his car and then just throws all – and it's a tough life, right? Like I, I don't want that guy's life. I see him emptying his, his pitchers. Like I know it's not a good life, but – he seems to take a certain joy in how much litter he throws on the ground, how many food scraps. He just mm-hmm. dumps everything on the ground. There's that certain kind of like the kind of person who like wants their dog to poop on your lawn. On this one end, right, all the way over here, you've got somebody who is is really um, making the commons more tragic by the way that they behave, maybe even almost by design out of a certain kind of relish that they can get away with it, almost like a teen teenager kind of feeling. At the very, very, very far end of the spectrum is somebody who who quietly spends a surpassing amount, an unreasonable amount of their time making the time to go out and clean up other people's messes, even as they try to minimize the number of messes that they create for themselves. Thank God there are very few people in the world that are over on that first end. And thank God that there are a fair number of people over on that other end. But you're probably somewhere in between. And so when you're in a situation where you're part of a team and where you're part of whatever kind of environment you want to be a certain way, ask yourself where you are on that spectrum. And, and so whether you're interviewing for a job or whether you're trying to keep the job you've got or move up in the job you've got, I think ask yourself whether you're the kind of person, you know, in the analogy, who really picks up more trash than they need to without being asked, without anybody needing to know, just because that's a value to you. So I would say what figure out what the trash is that you want to pick up in, in your job Ooh. and then be great at that. And I think, you know, if it is a company that's worth working at, you will be noticed for that. And, I, you know, I can't promise, but I think you'll definitely become a better person. And so, yeah, I think that and apply that analogy, however it works for you. That, that could there's all kinds of ways. And I'm not saying just to be a cleanup, not to just be a support person. But, you know, the, the world has enough, you know, people who think they're rock stars. We need more people who are out there doing the work every day, you know, consistently and responsibly and without, you know, needing to get a merit badge every time. I like that. I think that's a good one. Listener uh, Colin, <clears throat> who appears to be from Scotland, says, Merlin, you mentioned, uh, this is really boring, but uh, Merlin, you mentioned, you. I'm bored, my answer is boring. His question is good. Merlin, you mentioned you lost some weight in the last few years. I'd love to hear how you did it and your relationship with exercise. This one is kind of in your wheelhouse. Hmm. 
Do you want to talk at all about uh, where you are these days with trying to be healthy with diet, exercise, therapy? Yeah, I don't de- know what all you got. definitely. But I want to hear. I want to hear what you've done because I was actually. I remember you said that in the other episode, and we didn't address it. And- eh, it's it's kind of you know eh, whatever. But like I'm. Bu- 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 it might help pa- people. It might <clears throat> help people. Well, my, my answer is very, very simple. But yeah, I'm 40 pounds off where I was at one point in life. Um, I'm at where I was basically a year or two after college, which is good. Like I feel, really I feel pretty good. good. Eh, yeah, but I mean the truth is a lot of that is just because I'm incredibly anxious and not very uh, mindful about all kinds of things. So I forget to eat a lot. That helps. But <clears throat> the exercise part for me is like I just all – the only exercise that I can tolerate and I know this is not good is walking. I mean, no, I mean, it's good to walk. That should be part of a, you know, your balanced breakfast. But I, I don't do freaking kettlebells and stuff like that. I don't, I don't swing a rope, um, which is fine. But I don't do that. I do try to walk uh, more than I need to, and I even give myself errands or like even if it's just picking my kid up at school, I'll find a way to add eight blocks to that. And <clears throat> partly because of the kind of house that I live in, partly because of and the, these are the sh- San Francisco blocks too. Well, that's right? What I was gonna, that's what I was gonna say is also the shape of this of even my weird little area of the city there's a lot of hills so you know i i it's not unusual to get 30 floors in a day yeah uh, according to fitbit but the walking is huge um my food thing is so simple it's funny my my wife is working on a variation of a high protein low carb diet it's a like a popular book right now um the real deal meal plan or something like that but it's some kind of like another one of these smart twists on high protein i would say um, get out and walk if you can, even if you go to a mall, but walk, track how much you're walking and make sure you're walking enough and do try to get healthy sleep. That's a different topic, but the healthy sleep part does have a role, has several roles. Um, most of which I feel unqualified medically and scientifically to talk about, but I do know that there's a role, not just in how we eat, but in, in how, obviously how much energy we have, but also just in how your body functions and getting good sleep is a big part of that. The food part for me is just real simple. If you, if you only, for me, if I only had to bring it down to one thing, there's an A and a B because it's always two things with me. Mm-hmm. It's all about eating protein, A, and then B before I'm starving. Yes. So like, because like those don't sound related, but they're so related. They're very related. Like, Cause like once you're, once you're starving, I mean, I'm sorry, that's an unfortunate word, but like if you, you've, you've forgotten to eat a meal, you've waited too long. Now you're, you're time constrained. What are you going to do? Well, you're not going to get any artisanal elk. You're probably going to grab a bag of chips or something like that. So what I try to do like this morning, I had like four boiled eggs, uh, five ounces of salami and some uh, artichoke hearts. Mm-hmm. I made myself a little, uh, bed and breakfast, German breakfast. And, uh, it was great. So that gives me lots of energy. And the thing is, you have to preemptively eat eat high protein stuff before you get hungry. It sounds dumb because uh, it will fill you up. You won't feel crazy. And then the infrastructure for that is just making sure you put those kinds of things in place. If you like stuff like boiled eggs, I'll tell you, buddy, Costco will deliver you a case of boiled eggs. You have talked little, about your case of boiled eggs. Yeah, I swear by these. I swear. I mean, and you what this means is you're eating four boiled eggs in about twenty seconds. It also means that if you want to make deviled eggs, which I love you're basically six minutes away from deviled eggs because there's like four different pieces of resistance to boiling eggs. Not, I mean, I'm not saying you can, it's cheaper. These actually aren't that costly. If you go look at these on Costco, they're not that expensive considering. But, um, you know, you got to get to have the eggs. You got to make sure you're, they're fresh. You got to boil the water. You got to do the thing. You got to spend, uh, depending on how you like it, 12 to 20 minutes on those. But this, 
you know, if you have the means, I highly recommend it. <laughs> like put those, but that is the infrastructure. This is why New Year's resolutions fail. And this is why we're all such dumbasses is because we get a notion or a reckon, but then we don't put the infrastructure in place. And the infrastructure is get the things that are going to make you feel good and healthy. Have those around. I, as you know, I enjoy premium mixed nuts from the Walgreens. That's another great one. I have my own bespoke mix of uh, mixed nuts that I make that are really quite toothsome. And I'd be happy to share that recipe. <laughs> That's what I got. Have and then oh yeah, then the other thing you do if you do what I do, you have that little uh, protein platter. That's also a great happy hour. Like if you let's say you had a small or non-existent lunch. Make yourself a high-protein plate at like 3 o'clock and you'll feel so much better. And that's helped me. I mean, people don't, uh, you know, it all comes down when, they, when, when you're talking about what kind of food people eat, it all comes down to really two things. And that is, for most people, they're not eating because they're hungry or they're, they're, they're eating more <laughs> because they almost want something to do. They're doing something that they sort of want that. I know a lot of people who they snack at night, you know, while they're watching TV and that motion of, you know, thing from the bowl into your mouth, thing from the bowl into your mouth. It's, it's very easy to, to do that. I think it's very similar to the whole ritual around smoking or a lot of other things is that you, you do this thing that almost becomes a habit. And so then you associate like evening routine is sitting on sofa, eating chips, watching TV. And yeah. it's very, very easy to get into that habit. And it's very hard to break that habit because as we know from this show and, and lots of other places to make a new habit, I mean, you to break an old habit, you must make a new habit and, you know, it, it's 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 easier to just not introduce the old habit at all, and right. you know, and and like you were saying before, when you're hungry, when you want a snack, Costco has if you eat meat, uh, Costco has beef jerky. It's the best beef jerky I've ever had, and it comes in this big uh, bag of it. And you know, if it's like four o'clock, you don't realize you're hungry at four o'clock because your mind's focused and you're trying to get out of work and you're trying to do some things. But by 4.45, you're like ravenous and you're like, well, like you said, I'll just go grab a bag of chips or I'll eat some, you know, this bar. Most of the bars that people are eating are, are a lot of them are just carby, you know, they're just carbs and they might like, I love a kind bar, but mm -hmm. you know, there are, there are other bars like the Epic. I don't know if you guys have Epic bars. It's an Austin company, but like an Epic bar or a Tonka bar or getting some beef jerky, you don't need a lot of it. And you will be quite full and especially especially sustained. if you don't wait till you're starving. Yeah, you can't wait till you're starving because it's too yeah. late. And when you go into that starvation mode, even if it's briefly, even if it's like, oh, I don't eat breakfast. I'm not hungry in the morning. I don't eat any breakfast. You're pushing your body into a starvation mode where it's going to start releasing cortisol, and you're gonna. That's why people have you get like, panicky. yeah, you do, you totally do, mm -hmm. and then you wind up with like storing like belly fat, and the reason why that's there is because your body's producing cortisol, and that is what's telling your body, I, I'm probably going to need to store this energy because I'm now in a situation where I don't have food. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. but I ate a big dinner, right? But you know, you skipped lunch or you skipped breakfast, and it's. It's so important that what you eat is, you know, I'll tell you what, if you're, if you're feeling starving subconsciously, you know, that a bar or popcorn or an apple or some chips, that's going to give you that instant, like, oh, I don't feel hungry anymore. Like now I feel really good, but then you're, you're going to crash from that in 30 minutes and you're going to need something else. But if you eat the protein like you're <laughs> doing, then you're going to be all right. You're, you're going to get to an episode. There's a company in town. 
in Pawnee called uh, Sweetums. There's several companies that come up again and again on the show and running bits. And one of them is Sweetums, which is this corn syrup company. <laughs> and they start producing these Sweetums health bars that turn out to like have tons of fat and sugar. And they really? give a bunch to Parks and Rec. And they go through this totally... Anne comes in and is like, what is wrong with everybody? And like, hey, we got health bars. Like, these are like pure sugar. You're going to crash. And <laughs> it's totally true. Uh, there's my weight chart. Send that to you. So how, um, mu- how much have, if you want to share it, how much have no, you? No, I mean, that's gross to talk about probably. I like there's that. I think chart. it gives, well, I think it gives people uh yeah just uh, i mean just a del- it's a delta i'm about i'm about tw- 20 pounds off my my usual and about 40 pounds off my high this is a great chart look at this look at you go anxiety yeah <laughs> uh, i have also added to show notes uh wilcox family farms are the producers of these uh you can get from costco you can get 12 two packs like uh like the wrapper 12 two packs of uh, hard-boiled organic eggs they're small-sized eggs they're not like your larger jumbo egg but right so here's what you do. Ober- you Alberto is the brand of... Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I've had that. So here's what you do. You go to Walgreens. You're going to buy three things. You're going to buy the large jar of premium mixed nuts. This is, this is just my preference. You can do your own. But the main thing is understand everything is a remix. You go, you buy one jar of premium nuts. You buy one jar, in my case, of macadamia nuts. And then... You buy a jar, depending on how much you like them or not, you buy a jar or large packet of shelled salted pistachios. Mm. Okay? You dump all of the macadamias into a bowl. You dump almost all of the mixed in. And then, depending on, again, on how much you like pistachios, you put in half or more of the pistachio pack. And then you refill, like either Ziploc bags, small Ziploc bags, or... Your jars. And again, remix however you want. But you can make a delicious bespoke nut mix just by going to your local Walgreens. Right there. Right there, right on the corner. Yeah, we're shopping as a pleasure. That's Publix. I miss Publix. (laughs) I know, me too. Mm. We got time for a few more? Yeah, you want to, can I tell you about something I like? Yeah, I got butt tons more. Did Tell you? me something you like. All right, we I mean, should, maybe we should save. Should we save some of these for next week's episode? We could, we could, yeah. but uh, we're on we're on target right now because we we're talking Stay on about target. We're talking Stay about food. Target. We're talking about eating right. We're talking about uh, how much better you're doing. Blue Apron. Let's talk about something important. Blue Apron. Blue Apron. A blue, blue Apron. It's blue, B- blue, 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 and it's an apron. What more do you mm-hmm. need to know? Thanks, Blue Apron. Pock pock. Blue Apron is hey Dan, the no- <laughs> what's the deal with Blue Apron? What's going on with these guys? Are they doing anything for communities of home chefs? What 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 is happening with Blue Apron? They are the number one fresh ingredient recipe delivery service in the country. I know. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everybody, and they do a really good job of it. They basically the concept is, uh, we're not I I we as a society are not opposed to cooking. But Mm-mm. the whole process of trying to plan your meal out and figure out what you're going to eat and then going to get the ingredients and getting the right amount of ingredients and making sure that they're good ingredients and not having too many ingredients left over at the end with your ingredients. Mm. Always with the ingredients. You mm. know, who wants to do all that? Well, Mm-mm. Blue Apron makes it easy. They go and they get really, really great ingredients. They work with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers. They're getting uh, sustainable seafood. They get uh, responsibly raised animals. They have uh, produce from farms that have this regenerative farming process. And they get 
the ingredients for the meals that you're going to prepare. They send you these lovely little uh, little cards that have the recipe on them and it shows you what it looks like. And then they give you just the exact amount of ingredients that you need to make it so that there's nothing left over. And the meals are really great. Uh, all kinds of meals. Like, like, like here's one, Parmesan crusted chicken with creamy fettuccine and roasted broccoli, baby broccoli and Fontana paninis with hard-boiled egg and arugula salad. This is real stuff, and it looks like it does on the picture when you make it, and you'll be very pleased. Now, our, our mutual friend John told me that he has uh, received this, and what they say is they say it winds up being about $10 per person per meal, and most of the meals make two servings in it. So but for John, he says that's one that's one serving, but he's, he says <laughs> one he, John size one serving. John size serving. So I want to put that in as a disclaimer. If you're the size of John Roderick, this may be one serving for you. For me, it's at least it's at least two meals out of it. Uh, or if you're sharing it with a significant other, then you you each have a lovely meal and you're cooking it together and it's fun. And you can go to blueapron.com, blueapron.com/slash/back-to-work. And if you go there, you will get your first three meals for free with shipping. That's a big deal. So uh, go check it out. Enjoy cooking again. Make cooking great again. Blueapron.com slash back to work. Thanks, Blue Apron. <clears throat> God, and one, one piece of follow-up, another piece I should not save. I, uh, I aired in a recent episode where we were complaining about the post office and I, I should have realized that as I was telling you the story, because if you remember when I told you about the guy with the purple hair who throws the box and says, enjoy. <laughs> and remember I said it was Blue Apron. And mm-hmm. then I stopped and I said, well, wait a minute. But Blue Apron very distinctively always delivers by, by a FedEx. Yeah. And and then I, the, gotta keep so it I cold. continued in. Huh? They got to keep it cold. Got to keep it cold. cold. Enjoy. Uh, this is not this is not Blue Apron's problem. But I you know what? I with with all due respect, the post office is still a dumpster fire. But in fact. And I've seen him again. I started watching this guy. I'm really watching him whenever I see the truck. Purple hair guy who now has green hair, by the way. He um, he is a FedEx driver. He is not a postal service driver. Uh, Merlin regrets the air. Okay. Boy, that guy's mad. He says enjoy, and then he throws the box, and it lands with a thump. Well, we have issued our retraction. I think that's all we need to do. I've learned a lot about Blue Apron, actually, from another mutual friend, uh, John Syracuse. John, I mean, he mostly talks about this on Slack, but he's like a Blue Apron ninja. Like he's got all kinds of, first of all, he works the angles on like what order size and frequency you get. Like that's something we talk about in these reads, but it is pretty cool. There are several factors. If you choose to, you don't have to, but you'll, you'll choose like a plan with this and like how often you want it. And do you want the two people or the three people or however it works? And, but, uh, you know, uh, one thing Syracuse does is like he only gets the two person because it's mainly for his wife and him. He's like, you know what? I'm done trying to like make things my kids will eat. We'll give them like a, a block of macaroni and cheese and then we'll make the delicious uh, sun-drizzled uh, raisin turnovers right. just for us, you know, with, fun, with Fontina Bass on the side. Nice. So you um, – that anyway, you, there's all kinds of ways you can hack on the Blue Apron. It's really fun. And you can – of course, you can always mix it up. You can remake. You can keep those recipe cards and remake it in the future. You ever see something called Farm Egg? It's always fun to get Farm Egg. You ever get Farm Egg? Yeah. A little box with an egg yeah, in it says that, Farm Egg. yeah. Just farming. Just the one little. Th- it's like a uh, shopping for uh, for fruit in uh, in South Korea, where everything's wrapped yes. individually. You get like I, one I, one uh, tomato or something. Farming. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Listener Rob writes to say reaching a plateau. Well, he's just essentially uh, answering 
um, or, or setting up the, the answer, like, what do you want to talk about? He says, reaching a plateau where you lack the education to rise in a company you love, but you can't afford school. I almost didn't want to answer this because I think that's a really hard question. I mean, how do you, how do you answer that? Well, where do you start? My answer is, were you hoping I would answer? No, no, it's a pretty super obvious answer, but it's my best I can come up with. Um, so he says, you know, you like the education to rise in a company you love. Right. So he wants to stay. Or sh- yeah. that's That to me is an important phrase in what he's saying. So what I'm saying is if it's about a particular company, and this kind of keys back to the earlier uh, question, if it is about that particular company, I think, if tell me if I'm wrong, I, I think it would help if you openly express how much you like the company and not in a passive aggressive way. Not in a, you guys, I really wouldn't want to quit, but... Like, don't do that. Don't be open letter guy. Alas, dear company, I have enjoyed being your employee for lo these many years, but alas... No, instead you say, hey, look, you know, I really like what we're doing here. I like this team. I like being here. Um, I would just like to let you know that I am really open to however you think I could be of most use here. And if you have ideas for how I could be of most use... I'm not going to ask you every week. You tell me I will run off in that direction and I will tear ass in the direction of being useful. And I will let you know if you think I'd be more useful somewhere else in the company, I'm open to that. If it is about the company, let them know. I think loyalty and enthusiasm can mean a lot. You've probably already expressed this, but I, I think that's useful. Um, loyalty goes a long way. But the second part I, I'm thinking is if it's about growth and improvement and it's not specifically with regard to that company, I think you got to go small. And so I would focus on learning the basics of some kind of specific new, presumably tech skill, but focus on learning one new skill that you think shows promise for growth. And like the uh, crazy obvious example that is probably not even useful because it's so obvious is learning coding. There's a million ways to learn coding um, with web tutorials. Maybe that's a language. I I mean like like a spoken language. Maybe it's about marketing. I don't know what this job is, but if if it's a job where you can't afford to get another degree, um, then then look to look to ways that you can improve yourself in a way that will not be disruptive. But here's the key: you got to pick a lane. So whatever that's going to be, really, like if it's going to be becoming some kind of Unix jockey, like really learn Bash, like really start at the beginning, learn it the proper way. And don't get too ambitious at first. But then I would give yourself a little bit of a budget in terms of time. Um, and I'm arbitrarily saying something like two to six months. But give yourself some time to like bone up on some new skill. Now, back to the first part of the question. Ideally, if your company has a place where they'd like to put you and they say, well, you need a degree for this. Well, you say like, well, do I really need that degree? Or is there some element of that skill where I can bring most of it along? I mean, it sucks. Obviously, if it's a university. You know, if you don't have a PhD, you ain't going to be a professor probably. But that's what I've got is that there, you're not stuck. You know, if it is about the company, express your enthusiasm, your genuine enthusiasm. And then, of course, it doesn't hurt to be the person who picks up trash. Um, but then uh, pick up some kind of new skill. What would you say? Reaching a plateau, can't afford school. You know, I mean, what you're, you said yours was an obvious answer. I don't think it's an obvious answer. I think it's a really good answer. I think that... You know, if you are lucky enough to work in a company that you like and there are enough, a lot of companies are there, you don't get that kind of 
opportunity to move around in it. You know, it, it takes a medium or, or big sized company. Uh, it recalls the story of a friend of mine who was uh, at the time sort of an aspiring designer and developer. But what his job was, was he was in, he was in testing. So the company made software and it, they would send it to him. And he had every Mac and PC you'd ever seen in his, in his office. And his goal was to basically test a certain number of functions in, in the new version of the app that had come out. The application would go into him and he would say, okay, let's test it here in this version of the operating system. And now in this one, and then this computer. And, and that was his job. And he was quite good at it, I imagine. Uh, but he really wanted to go into development and design. And because the company was small and because he was good at his job, they really didn't want to offer him that opportunity. And he did wind up leaving and finding somewhere else to work. So if you're lucky enough to work in a company that's, you know, that, that gives you that opportunity to learn that new skill mm -hmm. as, as they should. And I'm, I, I look at this other company and, and think, you know what, they should have challenged him more. They should have given him more of an opportunity because he wound up being very good in that space. And he probably would have stayed there and become a huge asset for them. You know, they could have said, you know what? It's hard to know though, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, what, wouldn't it have been cool if they had said, yeah, we'll, we'll let you do that. And you know what? We'll hire someone part-time to help out with what you do, because you know what? We always need a really good developer. And if maybe you can become that really good developer, we'll help you do that. And we'll, you can backfill your position with your replacement as you, as you come up to speed. I mean, that, that would have been pretty special if they'd done it, but yeah, I mean, if, if there's opportunities to do that, who, who wouldn't want an employee to come to them and say, I love working here. I really want to learn this other thing. Let help, help me out and help me do it and make, you know, let me help you guys. Yeah, and the more I think about it, the first question, um, the question from listener Jake about differentiating yourself, I think the answer applies just as much there, which is that if you, you know, think about the people that you admire, old topic, right? But think about the people you admire, the people you look up to, the people you respect. Um, unless you're a, a terrible sales, salesperson, there's probably a pretty good chance that the person you look up to, isn't. it's not just because of their results or the product, it's because of how they roll. Like, I bet you respect that person because of, partly because of who they are. So, you know, if you, I, I realize these are all, what do you call them, soft skills. You know, this is not the kind of thing where like you're going to have to figure, you know, where you got to figure out how many marbles fit in a semi so you can work at, you know, Google, Google right. Picasa or whatever. <laughs> um, but, but I do think, I do think these kinds of skills do go a long way. Um, yeah. What do you think? Do we should we do one more? We should probably save it for next nah, week. Let's huh? save it. Save it for next week. Save it for next week. Will there be a song after this? <laughs> You're damn right there will yeah, be. Yeah, there will be. Woo! Okay, let's button this up. I All love right. you. Love you too, Merlin Man. Mm -hmm.